Welcome back to the Stronger Business Podcast. Maybe your business is in need of a reboot. Well, if that's you, today is your lucky day because we have with us in the studio Melissa Pepin and Corey Frazier of the Business Reboot Mastermind and Podcast. And with that, I will turn it over to our hosts, Josh Milton and Chad Brown. What is up, Stronger Business Community? Man, we have got a fun podcast for you today. This is going to be one of these where you laugh the entire episode, you learn a bunch, we figure out how to pivot, how to reboot. I got an awesome group of entrepreneurs here today. We got four of us recording together. One of my favorite things doing podcasting is get four of us together. It's always fun. Y'all are coming to us all spread out throughout the southeastern coast of the U.S. Welcome to the podcast, Melissa and Corey. Hi. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Yeah, this we're is so going to be fun. So, all right, before we get started, Josh, do you want to share with the audience uh, the scene in front of us right now of, of what we're experiencing in this podcast visually? Chad, I, I feel like I should be you. offended. I feel like I should be offended already. <laughs> well, here, not yet. Give it some time. Okay, Melissa, okay. We'll, we'll get you there soon, I promise. <laughs> Number uh, one priority, entertain the audience, not not the guest on the podcast. That's right. So y'all are already in trouble. <laughs> Melissa, we'll get you offended faster than a midnight train to Georgia. I promise you. We like to That's talk right. about the, you know, it's podcast, right? This is all audio. People are listening. But we like to talk about the visual components Paint and the picture if you will. Oftentimes, people have great, phenomenal studio setups. We commented, I can't think of who it was recently, maybe Larry Roberts. Oh, yeah, great rock background. background. He had like shelving and like yeah. trophies. Somebody had a neon light. Remember that with the yeah. uh, Gibbons? That's Somebody a had a light. wooden leg at some point behind Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the lamp from uh, Christmas Story or whatever it is. Yeah, somebody had a bullet, like a bullet from an like an army ranger. And Melissa's <laughs> we're showcasing. Getting, we're getting a fashion show right yeah. now. There's like products coming there across are the screen. Shoes. These ladies aren't even in the retail yet we're talking about that. they're launching a clothing line like a fashion show and <laughs> you're coming to is you guys are which, but this is a very this is a podcast secret people don't know what how to start a podcast and the way you start it the early end because you guys just started one it's like right. look you got to get to right. a space that's quiet and that's got good acoustics for a podcast which means like you don't want your voice bouncing off all the walls so it's good if you have like I don't know, maybe clothes lining the walls, maybe some fabrics, yeah. fabrics, Look, yeah. sweaters, on the bounce. sweaters, sweaters, yeah. shoes, sweaters clothing. are great for podcast acoustics. And so you guys are coming live from two separate closets. Again, as Chad mentioned, wherever in the Southeast United States you That's are, right. uh, Melissa said uh, a midnight train to Georgia because it's kind of dark in the closet she's in. And then you're like, feel, I feel like you're in a different time zone. Like you, you are. No, it's I, feel, I have you're a ring. Wars, I have, actually, look, I have like, a ring light. I have a ring light on. I'm trying to. <laughs> Oh, you mean, I can change. I can change no, the color look, too. Look, oh my God! Look, you see oh, that? Look at this go in here. It's sunrise. Just, it's sunrise in the closet on this midnight train to Georgia. Yeah, Melissa said she's coming in, <laughs> coming to this podcast like a midnight train to Georgia, and then you called Corey, Madam Yard Sale. Yard Sale. Which well, was it's just it's. <laughs> there, there it looks like quite, a yard sale in my closet. Quite a nice paisley dress over your left shoulder. That's right. There are for sale. I'd like to buy that for my wife. Chad is Actually, I think that's a men's shirt. So, Chad, uh, it will be good for you. Hey, Chad goes to all women's conferences, the clothing attire. Uh, He is. He will roll with whatever. The dude can fit in anywhere. It's amazing. So, 
Uh, 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 so this is a good segue. So so y'all are literally recording from the closet, but y'all have some nice stuff in there. Like I see like yeah. headphones, professional microphones, obviously a ring light that changes colors. I mean, this is like so legit closet setup. But right. the awesome thing about this, oh God, I love this entrepreneur spirit. Y'all decided you wanted to start a podcast. And this was pre-even joining us on this podcast. And so you just went for it. Tell us about that. Tell us about the courage to just go with it. How fun has it been? Y'all had some party with balloons at some point. Y'all had yeah. like a live podcast launch. Like fill <clears> us <throat> in on, on everything business reboot podcast to begin with. I mean, I think we have done it the same way that we've done everything, which is like butt backwards. We say we want to do this and <laughs> do there's there's no runway. We just let's just put it out there. We knew that we needed like 45 to 60 days for a runway to get other people excited. So we just built it up and then we wanted to see what would happen. But we host a retreat that we do um, in Charleston in Chad's house. <laughs> And we, he's got some um, phenomenal we, closets in that yeah, house, by the way. The, this is they are wonderful. Real quick, great place. We don't, for they podcast. might be haunted. We'll be 100% with you, but that's a different episode. But so, they know more um, about my house than I do. I, I like to show up there and learn stuff from them. We had to like get the spirits out, Chad. You had to learn about it. We had to learn. It burns but up so, in the <laughs> We did. We did. No, but, but so we decided to have a launch party because we host a retreat for female entrepreneurs in creative industries. And, um, we have, we don't know anything about analytics for podcasts. We don't know anything about what numbers mean for sponsorship. We just knew that we felt called to do this. We wanted a place for our content to live. That wasn't a blog. That wasn't going to have to be one more piece of content that we're creating with our fingers. Um, because we both own coaching businesses and other businesses outside of this. And so we just wanted it to be easy. And we know that we, um, we can talk and that, that feels really natural. So that was like the, the thing that we did. And y'all went, y'all released did y'all record the first podcast at the retreat? Did y'all release them and celebrate them? I saw like a party around this thing, which was it, awesome. It was, it was a true party. What we did was we recorded the first um, eight, eight episodes, I think what we had. We launched with four that night. So four that night went live. They were already loaded in the queue. All Zach had to do was push like publish. And so that's what we launched with. And that's when we made it a big party because we wanted to bring the community of the ladies who we knew we were going to help with this podcast to be a part of the actual launching of it because that... <clears throat> let us celebrate them, um, that let them celebrate us and really showing women that like being in community together is a huge part of business and business success. And so that's what the podcast has been about from the very beginning. Also, because I'm on the coast of North Carolina, Melissa's in Athens, Georgia, the podcast was just the perfect way for us to marry what we both do in our individual businesses and are also doing with the business reboot into a podcast. So we could show up in everybody's, you know, AirPods, weekly um, with our business content. But that night was so special because like Melissa said, we had no analytics, no anticipation. And we walked by at about, what was it, Melissa, nine o'clock that night. Yeah. And we were like, it's at 164. And I looked at it and I was like, we're going to hit 200 downloads tonight. The first night we're going to hit 200. Random, arbitrary number, but it felt like a cool number to shoot for that night. And those ladies were so excited for us just as we were excited and we kept hitting refresh, refresh. And when it hit 200, we shot off confetti cannons. Sorry, um, Chad, for doing that in your house, but we did clean it up. <laughs> well, we, was, we got them so excited with us. Yeah. We got them excited with us. Numbers that literally meant nothing to us. We don't know about 200 as far as downloads for your 
first, like, you know, six hours that your podcast is out. But we knew that what we'd read online as far as statistics went was that most podcasts don't make it past seven episodes. So we were like, well, let's record eight before it even releases. That way we're ready. (laughs) And we know we're We're above average from the start. We are advanced. And so then when we, (laughs) um, when we started and we were at this, um, at this party, we literally walked into the living room area and we'd done this, we like hired a champagne cart and we had this huge balloon arch and everything was really beautiful. And we were having our final, like last dinner with the women who were at this retreat. And when Corey walked by and saw that the number was almost at 200, we were like, well, let's go for it. I'm telling you what was crazy. And this just to me shows again, like Corey said, how big community is, but also when you talk about your goals and you tell people about it, it allows them to get excited with you. So the longer that the night went on and it was, I mean, it was literally probably 45 minutes. It was not that this like big lengthy process, but the closer we got to 200, the more we realized the women in that room were like going and clicking refresh themselves. So finally, when we were at like, I don't know, 197, we put on our company song. We were like, okay, let's do this. It crossed 200. We started crying. They were screaming and jumping up and down. Do you remember that two hours before this, we had no idea what, we don't even know what this means, but we said, you know what? Like we're going to celebrate because we did the thing. And if we're going to tell women to go do the thing, then we're going to, we're going to celebrate it when, when we're doing it too. So it was awesome. Example. That is awesome. I mean, for a lot of reasons, I think as entrepreneurs, we, we beat ourselves up a lot, you know? And mm-hmm. I think sometimes that it keeps us from doing what we're capable of because we just don't celebrate our wins enough, right? We're so preoccupied with the gap between where we are now, where we want to be, that we don't look at the gains of where we are now versus where we started, right? So I think it's really cool that you guys were able to not only just celebrate yourselves, but to create community in the celebration. Because here you are, you've made the podcast, you guys are in your separate closets making, making this thing or whatever, wherever you're at when you're recording it. And you invite people into the process of launching it that had nothing to do with the podcast before then. But that win of 200 downloads felt like a personal win for them because y'all built community around something. And again, I, it's women are way better than men at this building community around entrepreneurship. Well, sure. they all got behind the same goal, like within yeah. an hour. I, like a lot <laughs> of women, they it. were sharing it. And I saw it mm-hmm. all over other people's social and like, and now, you know, like everybody's like so invested in y'all's podcast mm-hmm. succeeding because they were part of the first goal. Like, Absolutely. Right. Yeah, you built really a team cool. around it. It's, it's really cool how you did that. And even as you're celebrating, you're passing the praise on to people that, you know, mm-hmm. had a, li- a little bit of activity and promotion of what you were doing, but they get to share the full victory and the celebration of like, Hey, we did it. And it's like, they didn't right. do a whole lot probably, but the reality is they get to experience the joy of crossing the finish line with you guys that you set I mean, to an arbitrary right. goal, right? Hey, 200, let's roll, let's go for that. So I love That's that. Right. I, I feel one of the biggest challenges, again, as entrepreneurs is that we feel lonely oftentimes and we don't celebrate our wins enough. Mm-hmm. And you guys were able to, to cross both of those, you know, kill two birds with one stone with that, <laughs> helping other people celebrate with you and also building community in the process. So kudos to you for that. I think that's awesome. And before we go any further, the business review pot reboot podcast, that's the name of the podcast. Yep. They can find it wherever mm-hmm. podcasts are at. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yep. Apple. Right. I heard at, radio, least, Spotify. at least okay. eight episodes. Out <laughs> there for are. You right now. That's right. Well, we <laughs> yeah. just released episode six drops. Episode today, six launched today. But there's, there's going to be, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it a weekly yeah. podcast? How, how often are it releases? Is. All right. Comes out every Wednesday. Yeah. Once you got, when this podcast is over, friends, you're going to want to go ahead and download the Re- Business Reboot Podcast and let's go, you'll get more of Melissa and Corey right after this. It's Ab- going to be amazing. Absolutely. And the fun, I love this because 
you all line up with the Stronger Business brand and what we believe in so much is obviously getting stronger in business, help people grow through community and us all reaching higher levels of success together. But also it can be fun. Business does not have to be boring. I mean, y'all are throwing mm -hmm. parties. Y'all are like, hell with the owner of this house. We're throwing confetti and glitter. We don't <laughs> yeah. care. We don't care about whoever's cleaning this place up. I showed up. up. No joke. I showed up to speak at this thing. There is a charcuterie board. Number one, there's a charcuterie board. Number two, then there's like it transitioned to a charcuterie board of chocolates. And then there's like <laughs> champagne. Y'all have a uh, company song. Like it's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. So as we look at, at what all y'all have done in your, in your entrepreneur journey and business career, you both 15 plus years of experience. Have you always been this way? Was this a pivot? Was this a change? How, how have you got here? Oh, um, okay. <laughs> no, you know, no, no, it's more that it's more that I think we always wanted it to be this, mm -hmm. but just like you're talking about with entrepreneurship being lonely. I mean, one thing that, um, first of all, I'm terrible at math. So I'm going to give you statistics. They might not be true, but we're going to roll with it. Um, I think that we read that like 82% of, of creative entrepreneurs struggle with mental health issues. And that feels mm -hmm. pretty damn accurate to me because, um, you do feel like by yourself, like you, you feel like, um, unless you are running a team and even then it's like leadership can be lonely if you're not incorporating community with it. And so for a really long time, we both ran businesses that were just us or just us and a team that was kind of disconnected, not people who were in with us every day that were like half having in the hallway. Um, and so what happened for us was that when um, the pandemic hit, we just saw all these people that we really had looked up to for years in our individual industries, but also felt such a big call out of the industries we were in, um, or at least to, to change what we were doing. Like I no longer wanted to shoot weddings. I didn't want to shoot portraits anymore. I knew that business had been the thing for me that I always clung to, but it was hard for me to put that at the forefront of how I was sharing and how I was um, just like relating to people because I was so kind of stuck in this one corner of, of business. Um, and so when we started talking about it, we just noticed that people were you know, closing their doors because they stopped loving what they were doing. We were like, no, 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 this has to, has to be able to be done differently because we refuse to believe that business is one size fits all. I am not, and I will never be ever, ever, ever like a power suit kind of girl, but I do believe that you can, you know, do some damage in a t-shirt and pair of jeans with some comfortable sneakers from the closet, just, from, <laughs> from the closet, the closet. At, at um, arm's reach. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. And so, um, I, you know, we just were like, we want to do things differently. And we want to build connection. And when Corey and I just, it just, it literally was the right time. Like we had run in the same circles in a couple of different businesses that we'd been a part of, of a couple of different ministries we'd been a part of. And then um, when the time was right, for some reason, we, you know, picked up the phone and just called each other. And we were like, I think we just built a business. And now we are legally wed in the state or in the eyes of the state with our LLC. So <laughs> there we go. I'm glad I could help perform that ceremony. Thanks for, you. thanks for that. Oh, I never realized that I was uh, wedding people in a business. Oh, he's That's been right. ordained by the IRS. I may change my title on our business website to, uh, I, I don't know, business minister. LLC. Pope marry people? Can I be Pope? We missed it. Popes don't marry people. We do this. You can study up marriage, religion type thing. So, was it burnout or were you burnt out and just lost the joy of your, your original business? And is that what led you here? And, and since you started business reboot, has that reignited the fire and energy for your existing business or is that phased out? Um, 
I'll take, I'll take this, Melissa. I will say that for me, several pivots have happened based on like family circumstances. Um, my husband just retired after 30 years of service to the Marine Corps. And so every move or every season um, in our life, like it brought different um, uh, parameters for what my business could look like or what um, I was able to do with it. And so, um, and then even like with family, you know, our, our girls are now grown. And so they're in college. <laughs> you're always parenting. Um, but you know, they're in college and so they, they need us differently. Um, and so it was time to, you know, make another shift and another pivot. And the reboot is, um, the, the new child in the family. It feels like some days. Um, but I think sometimes you do it. I think as creative entrepreneurs too, we, we need that creative flow, that creative energy. We have all of these ideas coming to us at all times. And I think that sometimes we do um, do do the creative thing too long um, that we feel like we should be doing because that's that's the business we created. And to make a pivot or to make a change would be the wrong thing to do. Um, when actually that's how we were built. We were actually built to download that those ideas and to you know funnel them somewhere either in the current business that we have or I'm not going to say to create another one, but according to Chad, the serial CFO, create another one, you know, add something new on, whether it's coaching or pivoting out of one type of photography that I was serving clients into another or creating the business reboot in a partnership like Melissa and I have. So I think sometimes we um, don't know when to call it quits, which is actually episode five for our business reboot podcast. Uh, sometimes it is really time to just lay the thing down and move into a new season of business. Right. I think too that it is it is an important to um, assess where you are in your life, and every stage is going to be different. Whether you know if you're a parent and you've got kids that are little, like you cannot run your individual business the same way that you did before you were married and you had nobody to think of or take care of but yourself. Like you you just can't. Um, and so I think um, it's just been important for us to go. Where are we at right now? Where are we feeling like? It's time for us to grow. And then also seeing, like I said, seeing people leave the industries that we were in or in creative industries as a whole and walk away and do something completely different. It came with this like shock and awe from a lot of people. But I'm like, at what point did we decide that when you open a business that you never get to change your mind? Like people walk away from companies all the time. And in fact, we did, we, again, statistics, here you go. I think it was like 3.5 million women left the workplace when COVID hit and only point. Eight, eight have 1.8 have returned back to work because women are growing businesses at like just so such fast rates right now. And so we were like, how can we serve them? Cause you don't know what you know till you meet people who don't know. And so that's what we decided we wanted to pour ourselves into. And it has been the actual best, like it, it doing something new has been able to breathe life into our businesses individually. Um, and then collectively together. I mean, it was just more fun to do things with somebody. And also it showed us the power of like, what it's like to get around somebody that believes in you. Um, because again, when you're by yourself in entrepreneurship or you're not investing in your business, whether it be like masterminds or retreats or workshops or conferences or whatever, and you're not having that individual coaches, you know, having that individual attention to look at you and say, you can do do this. Let's figure out how to make it happen. Um, you know, you forget to believe in yourself. And so having somebody, you know, to run with in this capacity has been dynamite. It's been so fun. And we'll be awesome. I'll be very honest. When Melissa needs to breathe into the bag, I hold it for her. And whenever I need to breathe into the bag, she holds it for me. So like, it's a mutual support kind of thing. I hate to, <laughs> I hate to break it to you, Corey, but 
I was holding that bag way longer than, than you <laughs> have been. <me. laughs> I, I would take That's credit right. as the original bag holder, and it does my heart good. I mean, I can't. I feel like a proud father when mm. Melissa is using like percentages and math and numbers in a conversation. <laughs> Look at me! <laughs> like, Look at you! Look I, at I, you! I, I, this is I, gross. I have succeeded in the matrimony that I've created here between this LLC family. That's right. I love it. It's so funny. Melissa, I like how you use the word uh, breathe. And and that, because even when you're talking, I was here and I was like, man, it's like a breath of fresh air. That's what I was thinking as you're talking about that. And I'm with you. And this goes, Corey, to what you're saying too, with like the the shifts in life, your business has shifted. And for whatever reason, we have this feeling like, hey, when you start a business, like, you're married to it till death do you part. And that's not, that's not really what's true. Uh, the reality of the situation is that you start a business for the purpose of chasing a dream, which often includes like feeding your babies and launching your actual, your children or your family, your business is a tool to take you from where you are to where you want to go. And it, it's so easy in the process to, to believe that the business is the baby, that you can never get rid of it, that you have to yield your life to be subservient to it. And it's like, no, the business is just a tool. It's not who you are. It's not your life. It's your business. And if you want to make a shift to it or a change to it, if you need to reboot it, it's totally fine. It's actually part of the way it should work. Like you should be, as a creative person, especially like, why would you no longer be able to create outside of this first lane of creativity? Like, why can't you build your skill? Why can't you build your creative energy toward tackling a new project. You know what I'm saying? We have all these limiting beliefs that push us down these roads that we start to feel like a prisoner. Like us, I got to follow the freaking yellow brick road, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, 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 no. Like click your freaking hills, dude. Let's go somewhere else. Let's go back to Kansas. (laughs) That's right. I love that you guys are are leading with passion toward helping people to honestly reinvigorate their lives again, instead of feeling like they're trapped in something. So let's talk about that. Starting over when it's time to reboot your business, who are the people that you're speaking to? If it's like the, you know, the ideal client, the, the, the avatar for Pete, some people say that what's the, the status or the situation or the person you're like, that's the person that we want to serve. I think it's us five years ago. It's who we're talking to. I think it's, it is women and sorry guys, we uh, work mostly with women, but we, that is um, not a limitation. Chad, channel, you can come. He is you one of come, the Chad. leading voices <laughs> in female entrepreneurship. I don't understand how. <laughs> but he has gotten there. I love it. I love it so much. Um, yeah, I think, um, I have a closet too, Melissa. That's right. (laughs) I love it. How many pairs of shoes, Chad? You might have more shoes than me. I'll be honest with you. I'm a shoe guy right now. I'm barefoot. Right. I I will say I I, I get a shoe cred here. I got a nice Mm. pair of like gray camo Rothy's down here. So they're looking moment of truth, Melissa. I mean, I know you're trying to get a serious point across here. And I did. I looked down to see what you, what you said about shoes. I was like, I wonder what shoes he's wearing. I look down, I see his dad gub size 11 bare feet. Wait, Listen, at least he had pants on. I'm just saying. There were pants. He is wearing clothes and he's not wearing shoes. Right. I'm airing it all out over here uh, down below the ankles. Y'all have no idea. Oh, like all warm and cozy up top. Look at that. All, like, look at that. Cool and free he's, down below. He's COVID professional right. over here. That's right. We love that. We love it. Um, <laughs> I even, yeah. I don't even know what we were talking about. Melissa was bringing it back. One of y'all can reel it back in. She's creative. She's bringing it back. Um, so if not, I'm going to, oh, that's right. Guys are included. All right, go. There it is. Yeah. That's right. Um, no. So I think that we're talking to ourselves five years ago. I think we were talking to the women who were, um, I mean, 
for me, I will say it was chasing arbitrary numbers. For, I'll, I'll be really honest. Um, for the longest time, I was chasing my husband's salary. Well, he's a medical professional. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to hit that. And so I let that make me feel a lot more pressure than I needed to. And instead of looking at success for what I wanted it to be, what we as a family wanted it to be, I put it on a number that didn't matter. Like it, none of that mattered. Um, and so, um, but I also felt really stuck because my identity had become how I serve in this one capacity and how everybody in my town knew me, um, from this one thing. And I definitely, for me personally, I did go through a little bit of an identity crisis when I wasn't known for that anymore because I felt like internally I was going, I have so much more in me to give. I, I don't, but I don't know how to package that. And I don't know how to put it together. And, um, and I feel burnout and tired and I want more time back. And so um, the people that we're serving and Corey can expand on this, but the people that we're serving are um, women who feel tired and burnt out, but know that they have a lot more to offer, or they have tons of ideas and things that they want to execute, but they just don't know where to start. It's uh, people who are afraid of the beginnings. Like I feel like the art of the start needs to be something that's talked way more about in business because you can create something really dynamic and awesome again from the closet in the dark with all your clothes blocking the windows, like you're in prison. Um, but, uh, but you have um, windows in there. that's right. I did, I did just one, but you can't see. <laughs> so, um, that's right. Um, but, uh, but people also who are, who just, they have a desire for more we can, that can just sum it up. They have a desire to do more than what they're doing right now. Um, but they don't know where to go and they don't know how to do that. And they know that they need support. Um, and they just need a little, like, I hate to keep saying it over and over again, but they need life breathed into their business again. And they need to get excited about something. That's the problem. When we keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, we don't even realize, uh, my friend Retha says, she goes, success gets mundane. And I was like, wow, blew my mind when she said that to me, because I was like, you're right. Like you lose the excitement for for the winds coming. And then eventually the winds become um, almost like a place of desperation. Like, oh, good relief. I got that checked off my box. Now what's next? Um, and so- yeah, that's what you got. I, I, I want to challenge you there for a second, though, because this is such a balance, I feel like, and, and somewhat of a slippery slope nowadays, because you hear, play the long game, you know, master the monotony, you know, put in the work every day, you'll win in the end. But also, too, that, that can lead you down a pretty miserable road of being stuck in something that you don't like anymore. But then if you also on the other side, we can't just all do Instagram every day and think we're going to make money. There's a, there's, there's work and business. So what is the balance for the entrepreneur of like, you know, is this just a hard week and I got to like grit through it? Or is like, maybe I'm, this isn't what I should do. I should reboot and pivot. How do, how do we truly like sort that out or how have y'all sorted that out? Well, I think being a creative is one thing that we are constantly balancing that because you have to do the task that it takes to run a business. I mean, you have to yeah. do your books. You have to, um, you know. I mean, you got to edit the freaking photos. The, that yeah, sucks. Exactly. <laughs> Ask me how many photo sessions I have right now. I don't want to talk about it right now. It's to be edited. Much. 
I mean, I will need to get my bag and breathe. And I'm just telling you, it's a busy season for photographers. Um, so I have to do those things. I have to show up to, for clients. But but then I also have this creative side that also has to be fed. And so it's one of those things that it, it is a very fine um, dance and a fine line that you're doing a dance on. And it's one of those things that you've got to give a little of this, but then you've got to come back and you've got to do a little of this. Because if you do stay in that lane of doing all the business tasks and working on, um, you know, on your in your business, like I've got to do all these daily tasks, but then you never have time for this creative outlet. You don't have the white space to actually be able to like think up new offers or think up this new you know coaching program I want to do because I've mastered this one thing in my business. And you know what? I could really help somebody with that. If you're constantly focused on these day-to-day, you know, items all the time and you're in your inbox, you're constantly in your inbox and you're not getting any of the the creative freedom type things done, then you're you're going to dry that part of your your brain and your body and your business up um, when you are a creative person. And that's what really feeds your soul. So it's one of those things that if you're over here, though, constantly doing the creative things, you're not going to have a business to run. And that's what Melissa and I really talk a lot about is that you've got to fall in love with the business part of your business because the creative part probably comes very naturally to you. That's who God made you to be. That's how you started your business. That's the gift you have that allows you to have this business. But you've also got to do these parts and and create that balance. You know, they always say, well, marriage is 50-50. Well, it's not. Sometimes it's 80-20. Sometimes 80 on, on, your, on your part and 20 on your partners. And sometimes it's 80 on their part and 20 on your... It's the same in business. That's what Melissa and I have found is that you've got to um, somehow be able to manage both to be successful and move forward. It's well, like breathing and I, in, breathing yeah. out there, right? You're using, That's right. You guys have used like the 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 breath and agile breathing analogy. Like you're saying one part of it. If you're just focused all the time on the business part of it and the functionality, hey, this is the, I gotta grind my way through this today. It's like you're just exhaling all the time. Right. It's like, well, you gotta inhale sometimes too, and you get the creative energy, right? Like, hey, where do I honestly going back to the vision? Where do I want this thing to take me? Why am I doing this anyway to begin with? Exactly. But same thing, you can't inhale all the time either. Like if you're right. not doing the nitty gritty work, if you're not sending invoices, I, don't, I mean, Chad likes sending invoices, but probably the rest of the us don't really love it. Right. Like I do. If they mean it, they're going to send me money back. I like that. I like when they pay the invoice. I like sending it. I'll send them all day if they're getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But you know, there's that balance between doing both. If you just, if you're just totally focused on one, you're gonna like, you're just gonna choke. You're gonna choke down at some point and need that reboot. I'm sorry, right. but I know you're going to say something. No. Like that. I, I think too, that, uh, that one thing that we have found that's like, um, big for us individually. And also the women that we're serving is if you think about the thing that you got most excited about as a kid, right. I'm not trying to get woo, but let's go to our inner child, just a smidge. And let's think about the things that made you really excited when you were younger, before the world told you, you shouldn't, that you couldn't, that you weren't able to, you weren't capable of. I, I remember in high school taking a spiritual gifts test, um, because I was very spiritual. We and I remember have, I we did, did that. not have that in I, South Georgia. I did, <laughs> never, I did. Never heard I of this. Spiritual gift test in high school. The I'll one church in Hazelhurst did not offer that. That did so. not exist at Jeff Davis High School. That's right. But I remember taking it with my youth group and and I, I read the results and it was like, you have the gift of exhortation. And I was like, that's lame. Where's the prophecy or the teaching? Sign me up for that because it'll put me in front of people. I am ready, Jesus. And then it was like, no, no. Okay. I'll just have exhortation. This is, feels terrible. And, um, but then I, I realized literally the thing that lights me up the most is helping people feel alive in their businesses. And I'm like, it took me 
15 years of shooting weddings, another several years of shooting portraits, a year of feeling like what is happening and the world's in chaos and I'm not sure where this business is going. And then a light bulb going off and going, it all goes back to what I used to know that I didn't really want to be my thing, but it became It became, um, it's like the journey that I went on uh, in business and in entrepreneurship just as a whole, like it led to something else. So I feel like we will, um, you know, we'll compartmentalize ourselves and say, I am just a photographer. I'm just an accountant. I'm just a this, I'm just a whatever. But when we're ready to move on, it feels like we have to break up with this one thing in order to start this new thing. But if, if we can look at our, if we're talking long game, let's look at our own individual entrepreneurship journeys and say, everything I've done has led me to right now. Everything I've done has led me to a really solid foundation of knowing who I am and how I can serve best because I've stayed on the journey with myself. It doesn't mean that I'm staying being able to serve in that, that same capacity, but I I'm learning myself more and I've stayed true to the things that I'm supposed to do. And I feel like every day that you walk more in that journey, you become aware of who you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to serve. And that has made this transition for both of us just feel like home. It's made it feel really easy. Like it's something we've done forever, but it's been, (laughs) it was November 5th when we sat on Chad's couch because he rescued us from a janky RV that I decided to rent on Airbnb. She is never (laughs) allowed to book Airbnbs for us ever again. We've got got so many stories we could talk about over the last years. I got a picture from them. They were in Charleston and it was me. I don't, it was like, I don't even know. Like it's like some Airstream bad dream behind oh, somebody's listen, trailer. Listen, it this was where my friendship from with hell. Melissa started. I saw. I was listen. like, "What's up with this?" And she started sending no, me. Pictures I don't even of this. think it was a text message. I think we, yeah, we didn't have each other's cell phone. It was like Here's a DM. Yes, but like, here was the Melissa deal. Rented it this was, murder it was like a D- DM on like MySpace <laughs> or something. I was some random deal. <laughs> yeah, it was, Look, like it was our murder airstream. It was in this guy's backyard and they did not disclose that on the listing. And it I was think, so cute. I think quote, quote Charleston was a generous like part turn as part of Charleston too, right? When they, I asked him, I said, are, are there, is there more than one parking spot? And he goes, no, but you can park down the street at the grocery store. And I was like, mm, that probably should have, we did have a window in the back with no shade and you could see the weight bench in the garage from there. So it felt like that, the amenities, home gym, it came with all the things. Well, if there's no shade in it, that means it wasn't shady. You're good to go. Yeah, and FYI, we could we could look eye to eye between their window and ours in that thing. So we had to leave. It was fine. We got rescued. So he rescued us. Chad rescued yeah. us. Thank you, Chad. I try. I try. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love how you talk about uh, there in explaining kind of the reboot process and it goes back to what I've learned a lot through coaching. God, I just, I love coaching so much. I feel like for all four of us here today, like coaching and mentoring and masterminds and courses have truly changed our life. That's why we're so passionate about doing it and giving back and being part of like coaching programs and masterminds. Cause it is, and it has changed the tra- trajectory for all of us. I feel like to help get us here, but, but for me, a big thing in, in kind of my path, which has led to a lot of changes in, what I've been doing for 22 years now here in the last couple of years is going a different direction is understanding as entrepreneurs and business owners, what's got us here doesn't have to be what gets us mm-hmm. to the next stop or the next level or the next place, or, or honestly, the things and the people that's got us here might not be the right people or things that get us to the next level we want to go or the next direction we want to go, whether that's, more freedom or more money or scalability or coaching or whatever it is. And I think that's, 
I never realized that as a business owner entrepreneur for 20 years, I, I thought you just keep like doing what you do and keep pushing in the direction you're pushing. Not that you could really make a change that drastic and it not, it not be an irresponsible change. I'm like, man, I got 22, 20 years of experience in this. You just got to keep going at this point, but you don't. That's right. Mm -hmm. No, a thousand percent. You don't go ahead. Melissa. I can see you. Got no, something. no. I just think about how, um, you know, we, we talk about Corey's parents, uh, that her mom worked for a power company for her whole life. And it was, it's mm -hmm. a generational thing, um, where you thought that you get the one job and you stick with it and that's it. Um, but that's not what we do anymore. It's not what we have to do. And one thing that, and I'll let Corey expand on this is that, um, we are really, really passionate about the client experience because I am fully convinced that there are people, if I decided to go to the street corner and sell pickles, there are clients whose weddings and families and babies and pets that I shot pictures of people who I have coached people who have been to our retreats, who would be like, how many flavors do you have? I'll take all of them. It's fine. Like, I know that they would be there because we have created a whole client story, a client journey that they are coming with me on. And the same for Corey. And we're finding that through, the, I mean, we've been in business as an entity since November of last year. And we have women who came to the first retreat, who came to the second retreat, who are joining our mastermind, who are hopping in to do all of the things. And it's like, when you're, when you're creating something that people want to be a part of, you are building a different kind of brand of loyalty. So right. And I think that goes, go ahead. Go ahead. Jen. Yeah, no, 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 you go run. run. I was gonna say, I think that goes back to branding, which is what I specialize in now with the visual part of branding as a brand photographer, but also coaching um, is that when you build that personal brand and it doesn't have to necessarily be like a personal brand, you have the stronger business, but you're still personal in that brand. You show up as Chad every day and they follow that people have um, a connection to you. So when you make these pivots, whether they are small pivots and changes, or whether they are a huge pivot, you're like, I am no, like Melissa, I am no longer doing photography. I do not offer that service anymore. I am now coaching. Those people are still there and they're watching that pivot and change. And even if maybe they don't need coaching, they know I can trust Melissa because she was their family photographer or she did their wedding portraits. And they have that buy-in because she gave such an amazing client experience that they will tell their friend or their neighbor who needs business coaching or mindset coaching, you know what? My friend Melissa is doing this awesome thing. You're going to love her because they already have that connection to her personally in her brand. And that is something that I think business owners, we forget all the time that if if you're building it, it needs to be personal more than anything. I love that part of it too. Uh, I know for me, I feel like there's different personality types that can do things differently, of course, right? For me, it's such an important part of who I am as, a, as an entrepreneur now that the things that I'm engaged and involved in, like I have to feel a personal connection to them. I have to feel like I can live myself through it, whatever entity it may be. And I know for the, the only way I was able to get to that point was through coaching. My coach said, hey, there's probably some things that you're doing that you're obviously not passionate about, that they're just holding you back. You're, you're like a parachute and you're trying to run a sprint and you should quit those things. She's like, but you're not going to because the hardest thing, like you won't quit hard things and the hardest thing for you to do is quit. So you should quit and I'm going to tell you to quit, but I know you're not going to quit. But it was, and she knew she recognized because she knew me like there's things that you're trying to continue to do that obviously you can't live out your, who you are through those things. Like you're trying to do it, trying to, you know, again, breathe oxygen into it, but you really don't want, you don't want that. You don't have the oxygen to give. And you have these other lanes over here that you're passionate about, like cut the ties here, pour who you are into this 
and roll with it and like just live a life where you're excited every day instead of doing things that you dread. And there weren't things to go back to what Chad was saying either. There weren't the dread things of like, no, this is just, you have to do these things to be functional as an entrepreneur, as a person, as a professional. It's like, no, there were areas I could totally cut the cord here and just have a better life. But I struggled to do it for a variety of reasons. Um, not wanting to quit just because we're all taught quitting is bad. You know, mm -hmm. if you quit everything, it's bad. If you quit everything all the time, you're a quitter. But moving on from something is not bad. Being able, as Chad mentions, like, hey, I thought because I'm doing something for 22 years, I need to do it for until however many years you have until you die or retire. It's like, well, no, we can make shifts and changes. And community, being in community where I could be honest and vulnerable and just really share who I was, helped create those platforms for me to personally reboot. And now all the things I do, not to say there's never frustrations, but I right. do my best to be aligned with the values of what I'm doing and to live those things out. And I just get that from you guys talking to you and seeing how you show up on Instagram and how you live with passion for your community. Like that's who y'all are. And it seems like you're helping to shape people toward that, which is a much more authentic way to live. It has less restriction and doesn't make it easier, but it's more fulfilling if you're living out every single day and pouring your, you know, your heart and soul into your business from the standpoint of it being a personification of your own core values. For, you know, it's not like you got your personal core values and your business core values and they're separate. It's like, no, nah, live out yourself through your company. And that's the best case scenario. So in regards to rebooting, talk to me for just a second on, there's some, some women that come, you know, to you guys for coaching or they come to one of your retreats and they probably <laughs> need to quit something. How do y'all walk them through? Hey, it's time for a shift. It's, it's okay. Can you just do that? Cause I know there's, there's somebody listening right I now. I don't know that, how you walk them through and how you, how you get them to go back and convince their spouse. That's a good idea. That's <laughs> also good. Right. <laughs> And also yeah. at the same time saying, pay no attention to the guy working out right now, looking in the window. It's not where we're not concerned about it. No, he was emptying the recycling for us. I don't, I okay. feel like this story didn't get fully told. Right. Um, I am shocked. This guy like recycles from the pictures. Cares about, cares about the earth. There were beer cans. If that, if that. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a, it was a 12 pack or a, a case of beer. It's totally fine. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I'll, uh, let me speak to the spouse thing really fast because mm -hmm. Corey and I are really like, lucky blessed like fortunate whatever whatever you want to say because we have married men that are like um let me shake you and remind you of just how incredible you are and, and all the work that you're doing and how it's how important it is and um and so I don't have the I've never experienced the you shouldn't do this or you should give up on this or whatever because he's the one that's like no let's do it like go do it I don't care if it costs money I don't care if whatever whatever just go but it's because he has also seen a track record for me where I've never started a business that hasn't turned a profit very quickly and so he was like I trust you it's fine and I think that a lot of women when we don't feel comfortable and confident enough to say the things that we're wanting and go after the things that we want um, and, and then the only thing that our spouse hears about are the complaints of it being really hard, of it making me feel like crap, of it making me feel small. It's like, well, he starts to hate the thing that's making you feel those ways because he loves you. So it's like, no wonder he hates your business because all you ever tell him about this business is how bad it makes you feel. And so that has a lot to do with like the language that we're using to describe the work that we're doing. So in my house, we have a, um, my husband's going to listen to this and be like, we've done that twice. It's not actually a thing, but I'm going to say it's a thing that we have. Where I will say, I'll say, um, he'll say, do you want me to help you fix it? Or do you just want me to listen? 
and I'll say, I just need you to listen. And when I'm done, he'll be like, okay. And I'm like, thanks so much. And I'll walk about my, <laughs> my day because then he That's knows it. he doesn't, he doesn't have to fix anything. Like there's nothing, nothing that needs to change. So I think that we have to be careful with our, our language on that. Um, and then what was the other question? I forgot. How do we walk them through, um, making the changes and yeah. doing the quitting? Yeah. Go ahead, Corey, you start this. Um, so, I mean, I think we just have real honest conversations. Uh, and I think that by sometimes you have to hold a mirror up a little and kind of reflect back to them. Like, this is what we're hearing you say. And these are the things that seem like they may not be working for you. And and, and we're, we're using our joy meter. as like, mm, I'm not getting a feeling that this is something that this is the lane that you need to stay in because it, it's causing a lot of conflict or it's not bringing you the success that you're looking for. So what else do we have in this um, sea of, of business offerings that we can help you make it, make a shift, make a pivot into? Um, and some, we just call it like we see it. I mean, that's, I, I think sometimes we get really wrapped up in, you know, oh, how should we say this? Or how, you know, just say it. I mean, just, I mean, sometimes it's supportive in a loving way, um, but sometimes there were tears at the retreat there from, from all of us um, because we are so invested in our businesses and the things that we don't want to let go that then whenever somebody calls it out, like that might be something that you really want to work on. Um, it is emotional for us because we are tied to it. Uh, and, and I think to being able to help, um, provides a stepping stone and for the and to paint the picture of what can be and the steps that you might need to take or you should take to to get to that next place um instead of just saying to somebody like mm, I really think that that might be something that you want to like not not do anymore um and then just leaving them there the stepping stones for this is maybe the next step that you should take and then what feels right next okay well then that should be the next thing that you do and okay well maybe this is the next thing that you should do so really leaving them with a plan um not just coaching them into this new thing but let's make a plan for success and um how you're going to move forward in that i love right. that and i yeah. want to rewind this reboot for a second because melissa gave what i would consider the number one piece of marriage advice that exists. Oh. <laughs> and I am talking to all you male entrepreneur audience out there. Sorry, females, we're going to shift you to the side right now. And I'm only <laughs> going to coach male entrepreneurs for a second. The number one thing I learned about being in a healthy and successful marriage, and it took me five years to ask this question and figure this out, is when my wife comes to me with complaints and issues and venting, she does not want solutions. She wants me to sit there and listen and not say a word. I'm not supposed to provide solutions or fixes. And it took me five years to realize that. And uh, the last uh, <laughs> 10 years of our marriage have been so much better than the first five because that simple piece of advice. So for all you guys out there, you just got to listen. And we want to fix everything. We got ideas and solutions to everything and how you should change to keep from having that problem tomorrow. But my wife don't care about that. She just wants we to talk about that it. problem for the next 40 years every day. And I'm just supposed to sit there and, listen. <laughs> and I listen. smile and it's fantastic. And I got a good attitude about it because if I just listen, we don't fight. If I give solutions, it doesn't end well. Man, I'm, I'm so glad Lauren does not listen to this. I mean, I'm just, I'm not, saying, trouble with listen, listen, I'm not listen. saying we're titling this podcast marriage counseling instead of the business reboot, but I'm just saying. That's but, right. It'll help you pitch your um, ordained LLC minister business well, on the side too. But I also think too that, and, and this is my word, this is why I don't coach men. Are you ready? Because I'm going to be, do my own certification. don't be, don't be a D bag. <laughs> and if your wife is coming to you and she's saying, I really feel like I could be so good at this thing. 
don't shut it down. You have no idea what she could be capable of if she feels like something has been ignited in her to start. Now, mind you, we have, and we have women who we have um, coached and we have worked with uh, in the reboot who come from all different areas of life, all different um, paths, all different um, business genres. And um, we have seen people who say, well, I know why my spouse feels hesitant. I know why people might not fully believe that I'm capable of this. And it's like, man, if we can just encourage them to try, like that really has been a big part is that when you get defeated or you feel full of self-doubt and you're not walking in confidence and you have been so misaligned for so long, it is really difficult to believe that you can make something new happen. And it makes it feel like you, you will willingly sit behind that prison door of the business that you've been doing, whether it works anymore or not, um, because it is too scary and too heavy and too hard for you to push that door open. That by the way, isn't locked in the first place (laughs) to go and do something else. So it's like, you know, the, the try is, is huge. I have another piece of marriage advice, and this just goes out to to both sides. Um, Speak life and encouragement over your spouse when you see them walking in their gifts and really doing an awesome job. Because I think a lot of times we are, we are prone to to chatting about the things that like aren't going right. But when you see the stuff that's going right in their business, make sure that you call that out. For instance, perfect story. And I'm gonna give my husband props on this. So like I said, he was a Marine for 30 years, um, gone a lot. He's now home working a remote job someday. Well, he does laundry. So like, I can't complain. I mean, he like takes a call and he does a load of laundry and then he comes back and then he goes back. It's, it's amazing. It's a blessing. Um, but one day, and I didn't even know he was listening. His um, office is in another room. I was with a coaching client, coaching a, a photographer and the door was open and I didn't even know he was listening. I thought he was in his own, you know, remote world. And after I was done, he walked in and he was like, I need to tell you something. And I was like, oh, oh, here it comes. And he was like, I don't tell you a lot of what you should or shouldn't do in your business. Um, I'm always here to encourage you, but I want to tell you right now that I just listened to that entire coaching session and you were on fire. The passion of you coaching her, like it lit me up inside and I'm not even a freaking photographer. (laughs) He was like, I'm going to tell you right now push the gas on this quarry. Like whatever you do, I I don't care what you do, but I am telling you that listening to that conversation and what you offered her, he was like, keep pushing the gas on that. And I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, thanks so much. Because, you know, I just, I needed to hear that. And that was great. And I think sometimes we forget to make sure that we give the pat on the backs to our spouses when we hear them um, stepping into the next season, the next phase or the next call. Um, because it can be really scary. And so that was a huge piece of encouragement from him for me. That, that's awesome. And you talk about it being scary and taking these steps. And this is, you know, for you all, again, what November's a year into this thing of this new venture and this uh, business marriage, as we call it. When there's fear, when there's uncertainty of how to move forward and exactly what this is going to look like and leaving something or stepping away from something you've been doing for 15 years, how do you price that? I know a lot of what you teach and a lot of what you help with in the female entrepreneur and creative space is kind of pricing and, and how you price yourself. How do y'all teach that? And where does somebody start when they are making a pivot when it comes to pricing? Um, 
so, I mean, for us, uh, again, we've done things backwards to what people would tell you you should do. You should build an audience before you try to sell something. Not us. We were like, let's just, here it is. Everyone come. Um, and, and, you know, normally a retreat's the last thing that you offer, but we did that first. And then the first. Uh, it's the very first thing. And we just launched a mastermind and, and all the things. And so um, we, for us, it was a matter of seeing the things that we had not uh, charged our worth and value for. I feel like in our industries, our own individual industries, um, we had pricing like nailed down because we had done it for so long. We knew the expertise we had and we knew what it was worth right now, though, I could tell you if somebody were to call me and say, Melissa, will you shoot my wedding? I would say it'll be $25,000. You get two hours and I'm only bringing my iPhone because that is how much I don't want to do it. <laughs> but if you want me under those circumstances, I'm in. Um, but so my man, so, she must have a nice iPhone. Right. One or something. No, it's, a, it's an 11. I've got that dual camera situation <laughs> happening. Um, but, uh, but we had, we had priced ourselves in that industry um, well, and to the point where we felt like we were satisfied with what we were getting. And so what we do, what we've done with this is, I mean, you look around, you see about what you've paid for education before, which is what we did. And then we assess the value of what we were going to be giving people. It's not, we don't, we do not believe that feelings are a good business plan. And we don't believe that looking at your competitors' prices is a good way to price yourself. But um, we'd be lying if we said it wasn't a good starting point. And so um, what we tell women when they're just trying to decide how much they're going to charge their services and they have got a pulse on their market and what people are currently paying for that. Um, we give them kind of twofold warning. One, don't put people's budgets on your mind when you're giving them your prices because you Good. cannot change what you're charging just because you know somebody has more money, but also that people pay for what they value. I would have brides who, you know, they might drive a beater and then they live in a mansion and have, you know, their hair done all the time, but it's like the things that were important to them had nothing to do with the car that they drove. And so, you know, we, we end up placing this like intrinsic value on superficial things. And we just, we say, don't do that. You can't give somebody a, a number in their, in your head based on just the surface things that you see. And then the other thing is to um, make sure that at the end of the day, whatever your pricing is that you're satisfied with it when you go home. Because, um, you know, there's a story in the Bible about uh, somebody getting paid and they came in at 8 a.m. And then somebody came in at 8 p.m. and they got paid the same amount of money. And the person who came in at 8 a.m. is really pissed at the guy who got paid at 8 p.m. They got the same amount of money. And it's like, you agreed to that money. Like you agreed to that price. What is this guy making the same amount of money for you, even though it's a lot less work? Like you, you're getting what you agreed to. And so we just say, like, make sure that at the end of the day, when you go home, you are going to be satisfied with the money that you brought home for yourself, considering you have to reinvest and you have to pay your taxes and you have to do all these cost other things that cost of doing business. That is such a good thing to talk about from the standpoint of, it sounds like it's a completely logical conversation to have. Hey, we're talking about numbers mm -hmm. here. This is logic. Just put it on a spreadsheet and it's the most emotional conversation people can have. Don't I know it? <laughs> I mean, it really is, right? Because you're, especially if you're in a creative business from the standpoint of and you work with your friends. Yeah. Your friends or your clients or customers. So it yeah. gets even harder. You got to say, this is what my time mm -hmm. and my expertise is worth. Uh, again, I just, I think if, if you're in the creative space, whether it's coaching or taking pictures or something that has an art, you know, more art to it, it's even more difficult to put that, you know, price on it. But with that being said, you have to use, positive emotion and logic 
to build this thing out right, ask yourself, okay, if you're doing a retreat, all right, well, how much is the good the, the retreat going to cost us? That's probably a right. good question to ask cost of doing right? business. before you come up with pricing and stuff like that, making sure you're covering your how costs. How much is Chad going to charge us? How much is Chad going to charge us? <laughs> Every time. We just put that check and then did this. Oh, yeah, he gave you good. like a rescue tax for the last one from the, the shady place. No. <laughs> the, the thing that I'll say as far as in, Chad and I have worked together for a decade now. And this has been a challenge for me at a much higher level than it has been for him. And so some of the things for me, when it came to monetary value, what we would charge, like I would get hung up on it and he wouldn't in the same way. And so, and he's helped me out a lot. I've learned a lot from, from, you know, watching him price things. Cause he'd be like, Oh yeah, this is what it should be. And he threw out a number. I'm like, Oh, can we get that? And he would sell it like that. Mm-hmm. And it just, it messed with me mentally. And see, so my, my, my money perspective, you know, my money mentality was different than his, but I learned a lot from watching him do, do a lot of these things and pricing accounts and pricing, um, whatever it was sponsorships for the summit or whatever it may be, the things that we, he was able to put forward were very helpful to me. And it helped me realize too, if this is an area where you're not, you know, where you have a money hang up for some reason, get a coach, get some help, you know, the, don't, don't just try to figure it out all on your own. Like get some outside assistance of somebody that doesn't struggle with that, that can help you come up with those things. And it's cool. I think that you guys are able to walk people through that as well, as far as, you know, a retreat or, or business reboot. Hey, let's talk through this. Let's figure it out. Let's walk away confidence, knowing that we can charge the price that's worth our time and that we feel good providing that service for that amount of money. Don't feel guilt over it. You know what I'm saying? Like just roll with it. And he's really good at this. I think, I think the whole thing with like, going home with something you're happy with or a price you're happy with is huge. And the confidence behind that, because if you're not confident in the price you're charging, you're going to suck at selling and closing. Oh, and they'll, to, they'll know. They'll know. You got to be really happy for you and damn confident for them. They're yeah. going to get way more value or you're not going to close or you're not going to sell it. But now I will say, I see so many young entrepreneurs and young business owners, they just undercharge tremendously in the beginning. Like, Which leads to something different, right? Because at a certain point, now I've signed up this client. Let's say it's yeah. a friend or not a friend. And now at some point, I start to resent them. Because I didn't I'm charge making enough, this your own yeah. fault. I will tell you from that standpoint, no matter what you're doing, no, and no matter how passionate you are at what you do or how much value you are providing, if you're not hearing no every once in a while, you're not charging mm, enough. That's right. And it's time to raise your prices. Time to raise your prices. If it's not hard to sell and you're providing a bunch of value, then you're not charging Yeah, somebody's like, man, I'm an amazing salesperson. I'm 100% closed. You should want to have 20 people show up (laughs) for this and only 16 show up because it was too much. But hey, you're making more money with 16 than you would have been at 20 at a lower price. So I think there's a lot of things there as young entrepreneurs we've probably all been through that we're like, and that's that, that we can help. And I think that's the cool thing about the coaching side and what you all are doing and what we do on our end. And, and at this stage of our journey is we've been in these messes. We've made these mistakes. That's what makes us qualified the experience to teach these things is we've been there and Mm -hmm. can make that learning curve so much faster and cheaper for people. Chad, I hear this music in the background. I'm not sure if you hear it or not, but it sounds like the top gun theme song, maybe from the Nintendo (laughs) game from the (laughs) eighties, which means that it's time for us to land this fighter jet on the aircraft carrier. No way is that. We are not landing <laughs> it the plane. I'm telling you. You better slow That's down that plane because we have yet to talk about Corey and Melissa's retail clothing line. They're in their closets. Yes. We've seen like a <laughs> I am ranch. Shirts go coming. By. 
in so, 2023. Before we started this podcast, we heard about the ranch reboot line. And I, I want to hear a little more about the origination of the, and share with our audience, how the ranch reboot line came to fruition. Yes. If you all will share with us uh, this uh, this journey of how, yeah. you, how you got in the retail clothing business. We can do our stronger ranch business reboot. You know, like. There you go. Listen, Corey, Corey wants to start a business all the time. Yeah. I always have these ideas. I'm like, oh my gosh. Call me, Corey. Call me. (laughs) I'm in. He never saw business. Except for, for, we do. We start, we literally are like, oh, that's a separate business. Oh, that's so it started in the fall. We were laughing because she was like, we just need to put that on a t-shirt. That's a, that's her, like, as if the t-shirt business was the thing that was. That was going to be the thing that care it like anchored us in case this didn't work out. We were going back. It was to our that. fallback. Our fallback plan is the t-shirt line. Right. I got like three of those that turned into legit businesses I didn't want. So be careful. Well, there. you just wait. Just wait. We're going to see. At this point, we'll monetize anything. It's fine. Um, no, but we we laugh because when we were recording all of our podcasts and we wanted to batch process some of them, we um, we forgot everything we said. <laughs> which is why it's really important that we do it in one take because we don't well, those moments of genius will go away and we are too aged we will never remember them ever again remember. and so um we were just laughing we were talking about how we had both had moments where somebody whether it be our spouse or a friend or somebody had to remind us how um how versatile the things that we are able to do are and how we are really good at marketing and we're good at sales and we're good at communication and we're good at all these things that we've done in business for the last decade and a half. And, um, and so we don't need to shortchange ourselves. And um, I just had a moment where I felt really confident. I was like, that's right. I'm ranch. I am ranch. I am good with everything. And then we released, we released that episode and people were messaging us like, can we get a t-shirt that says I am ranch? And I was like, I am ranch. What are we talking about? What does this mean? And she was like, I think you said it. You said it. Did I say that? I don't know. So, but it's we we also have um we don't remember anything. We have short-term memory. So (laughs) but it's going on a shirt, don't worry. I I think you should tell you go on a shirt because if I see some other shirts as I am ranch, I'm like, are they a farmer? Do they have like (laughs) dressing? It'll have a little like an icebreaker if there's ever been one to be on a shirt. So uh, I am ranch. You get your first order right here. Chad's in. Chad's in. Chad is in. Hey, closing out the episode, Corey and Melissa, we always ask our guests for a max out moment. The listeners are wanting to get stronger in their business. They want to be stronger entrepreneurs. And so that max out moment is about what is the one piece of advice that we could give the listener if they didn't listen to anything else, if they didn't buy a t-shirt yet, if they don't know anything about, you know, the, the, the closet podcasting bootcamp coming up, coming up soon, what would be the one piece of information that you could share with them that would help them grow stronger as an entrepreneur and in their business. Go ahead, Corey. Okay, well, I'm going to say, um, do the big, hard, scary thing. Do it scared. Um, I think that when we wait for uh, all the right pieces to fall into place, um, we'll be waiting for a long time. You just have to to do it imperfectly. You know, done is better than perfect. Um, because I think a lot of people do sit on their hands and they're they're waiting for, uh, you know, all the right tech equipment and to know how to do all the things. Well, guess what? You're not made to know how to do all the things. That's why you hire that out. You outsource that. You invest in somebody else's business, whether it's coaching or the the tech guy that runs the podcast for us, Zach, he's amazing. Um, But we're supporting him in in doing the the podcast. Um, So I think that would be my biggest piece of advice is that don't let the big, hard, scary things hold you back. Do it scared. 
Yeah. And I think that for me, it would be um, business is not one size fits all. I am, I, I am Meg Ryan from You've Got Mail, where I say it is always personal. <laughs> I, I personally believe that every uh, company, whether it be a huge Fortune 500 or just like the guy down the street selling watermelons out of the back of his truck, um, we're all like one conversation away from um, creating peace and from pursuing things that make us really happy. And so um, I think that that doesn't have to all look the same. It can be done completely different um, for every person and and all still be really powerful and really um, awesome. And so you don't have to do things the way that everybody around you is doing them or the way that everybody's telling you to do them. Um, if it works for you and um, you're seeing traction, then that's where you need to run. Oh, I love it so much. Both of those max out moments are amazing. We get two for the price of one here on today's podcast for our audience. Y'all are awesome. It's so exciting to watch you grow, watch you celebrate. I mean, it's fun. Like I laugh so much looking and watching at you two on social and the business reboot. I cannot encourage uh, the business uh, community and our stronger business audience enough to go follow you all. Y'all check them out on social and Instagram at business reboot uh, for, for the business as a whole at life with Melissa Pepin and at Corey Frazier photography. Y'all are like trailblazing. You're changing the game out there for female entrepreneurs and you're making it fun and exciting for all of us. Thank you all for joining us today and for being on the podcast. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. If you enjoyed this episode of the Stronger Business Podcast, be sure to leave us a review and share it with a friend. You can find us online to connect at strongerbusiness.com or on Instagram and Facebook at Stronger Business. We look forward to hearing from you and we'll see you at the summit.